What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This linebacker Jojo Ozugu. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me, once again, is Colin Mitchell. Colin, what was your reaction to us losing one rating last year, or last week? On the podcast? Yes, we lost one rating. We went down from 35 to 34. I was heartbroken, and whatever we did, you know what it was? It was a COVID denier. Mmm, Damn. Damn, that's exactly damn. what I, I, that's, as I was trying to think of something contra- that controversial that I could have said. Wow, that was it. Wow, yeah. Uh, I just want to say to whoever that was that unrated us or maybe deleted their accounts that way their rating went away. I don't know what it was. We are extremely sorry, and please, if you just give us a chance, we can make it right. Well, we're by making it right, we're going to be exactly the same. But please yeah. put your rating back. Yeah, please, <laughs> please. We were so happy when we got to thirty-five. 35. We were like, yes. <laughs> Then I looked back and we were at 34. Someone's just messing with us. Someone's just messing you know with us. it is? Us. Whoever it was made an account and then made an extra account, rated it, got the guys at 35, and then knew that we'd be very happy. And then undid it. Yeah. The thing is, Colin, we need to stop putting so much um, so much stock into, you know, tangible things, Colin. It's about how we perceive ourselves. Mm-hmm. I perceive myself through those 35 ratings. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> anyways, hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast of the houston baptist game um i have one thing i want to say before we get into everything um a well actually i have two things a thank you all for y'all's interaction on social media last night um hope y'all enjoyed the stories we did the 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 videos we were able to post um you know all that stuff goes up goes into our coverage of the game so we appreciate y'all's interaction with that second thing i have to say before we get off get started on this podcast is that colin I'm sorry to say it, but the white jerseys last night were not as good as the white jerseys from the last two years. You are insane, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Everybody agrees with me that you're insane. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you facts, Colin. You can't rip off Oregon and then not say that they're Oregon. better. Colin Kennedy agrees with me. You got two Collins against one Matt. I'm sorry. If no, can, I, I know if I have you, if everybody you can, If you can here. find another Matt, then maybe we can talk about this. Look, I know I have everyone Matt against would like, me here. Would like three T's or something. I know I have everyone against me, but just just look at last year's jerseys. I feel like y'all 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 forget how clean those white uniforms were the last two years. Last I three like years, these really. No, no way, no way. Anyways, and that's not to to dock whoever made the jerseys. You know, shout out them. But you can't go wrong with all white. So I know all white is just the the prototypical. Wow, that's clean thing, and it was clean. But come on. Let's raise our standards here a little bit. Anyways, with that said, Colin's looking at me so, like, so disappointed. Colin is so disappointed in me. Whatever, whatever. We're going to get this started anyways. So, Colin, a 57-31 win for North Texas over Houston Baptist. And, you know, in year last year, and I think the year before that, we would do a game, game recap where we'd go drive by drive, you know, possession by possession almost of how the game went. And this year, we want I want to change it up. Um, acting like we didn't talk about this pre-production, we did. But um, I want to change it up. So for our basketball one, we did 30-second recaps. I thought for a football one, you know, maybe we could raise the stakes a little bit. And so I suggested to you is that we do game recaps with as many seconds as North Texas scored. Yep. So they scored 57 points last night. 
So Bernie has sec- 57 seconds to recap the game. The game. I, I think it's. I'm just waiting for the game where they score like 13 points, and it's going to be the most. Fun. Well, if they only scored 13 points, there's not a lot to talk about. Exactly. Um. All right. I got the stop. You're already out. starting it. You're not going to like. You don't have. You should have had time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he said, okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Three, two, one. North Texas versus Houston Baptist. Um, Jason Bean went out to start the game at quarterback. Um, I guess that was announced a couple hours before uh, the game. Uh, he finished the contest with... Oh, I pressed the wrong tab on my computer. Shoot. You're already at 15 uh, seconds. 11, he finished the game 11 of 18 with 217 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. The team ended up with a, a North Texas record, 721 yards, 361 passing yards, 360 rushing yards. They went 11 to 17 on third downs. Uh, they started off the game... They At halftime, they led 23 to 10. Um... <laughs> Katie Davis played an amazing game, nine tackles. Um, Austin Ani got six, went six of eleven for 111 yards, one touchdown. Jalen Darden five five receptions, 71 yards, three touchdowns. He was our player of the game. Oscar Adway five rushes, 118 yards. Um, North Texas really controlled the game early on offense, but their defense kind of bent but didn't break. Colin, that was the motto for last night for You're the done. defense. I feel like that was too much time for you, and you panicked a bit. Oh, I completely. I didn't know how long 57 seconds was. I'm not going to lie. That's how long it was. I, I, I literally <laughs> was like, do I have to get through the essentials? Do I have to get through players? You had too much time to, to go with. But here's here's why I, I feel like we don't need the possession by possession breakdowns because I feel like everyone who was there, everyone who watched, we're not talking to people who don't know what happened last night. That's right. why. Um, now, one thing I will say um, kind of outside of the, the recap is that Oh, well, we'll talk about this, but North Texas obviously started the game with three straight touchdowns, then being through the pick, then they punted, then they went to field goal, then it was halftime. Then they, the second half, they started off with five straight touchdowns, and the game was pretty much over at that point. Took over in the second half. It was much different from the first half. I mean, just that third quarter alone where they just put the – they hit the gas, basically, and it was over at that point. So I think we're going to cover everything possible in the next hour and change. So I'm not worried about going possession by possession here. I will say, no, let's get into it. Let's get into it. The main talking point, Colin, the main storyline for this game was obviously the quarterback position. And I think that's where we want to start. Because, I, uh, yeah, we're going to get into overall points later on the offense and whatnot. But as far as quarterback goes, Colin, Jason Bean went out there, mm-hmm. started the game at mm-hmm. quarterback. He played the first five drives. Three first three were touchdowns, then an interception, and then a punt. Overall, I don't even I don't even care about stats right now. I don't care about how he did. I don't care about any of that. How did you feel like he played and especially in those first few possessions? First few possessions, I was concerned. Um even oh, though he had three touchdowns. Yes. Okay. Because <clears throat> the second touchdown was behind Greg White and would, would have been picked by any Conference USA team if, if you know, yes. HBU secondary wasn't awful. Basically, the corner fell out of the end zone and Greg White was able to go yeah. back and catch it. And then he threw the pick, bad pick. It's just his arm isn't there, I don't think. I mean, he has to throw everything super high when it's when it's not a slant or something short. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I liked his reads. It's just his throws are just off to me. I mean, and again, I you said you tweeted this, that... It's, he's not Mason Fine. Mason Fine would have made most of those throws. But the fact that he was able to like get the reads correct and, and at least attempt to make the throws, 
was was a good sign. Um, but I liked his use in the pocket as well with his legs. He didn't he didn't run too much. I don't think, which is great. Yeah, you. I could kind of tell that that was an emphasis. Is like he's been working on not relying on his feet. Yeah. Because so, he could have easily broke, you know, oh, m- many of those for more than ten yards. Yeah, he kept his eyes down the field very well. I marked, I counted four bad, bad passes. That's not even including the touchdown pass, which you you rate as a bad pass. I don't rate that as a bad pass. I rate it as like a eh, fit jump ball, I guess, situation, which could be a bad pass, I guess. So I had four bad throws, which were just misses, missed throws in the first four, in the first three possessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that doesn't include the interception. So I had four in the first three possessions, and it was just really inconsistent for me. And it kind of went into everything I was concerned about with him, Mm -hmm. right? It was nothing surprised me. Right. Nothing surprised me in those first five possessions from Jason Bean. We'll get into where I was surprised later on. Jason Bean could move as well as I thought he could. He made easy throws. He made the, the jump ball throws as well. I mean, he hit the go routes. I could, I can't complain about his his deep ball. That was perfectly mm-hmm. fine for the most part. Yeah, the for, the drop or the there were a couple. The one pass went through Jalen Darden's yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah. Darden dropped the ball. The deep ball I was fine with. Intermediate throws I was fine with. He he didn't miss a couple. Like I said, he had four bad throws. There was no real concern for me. the The interception wasn't good, but there was no concern for me until Austin Ani took the field. So this is already going into the next quarterback. Austin Ani took the field, and I said, all right, Austin, all the pressure's on you. I yeah. would hate to be in those shoes. Yes, especially after he comes off of Jason Beans already having the three touchdowns yes. and already playing the first half. Yes. You know, th- I mean, this, this was his time to, to step in yep. late second quarter and be like, all right, all you have to do is match three touchdowns and 200-plus <laughs> yards. Right. Like, good luck. Because at this point, Jason's in the driver's seat. Yes. At this point, everyone's like, all right, Jason Bean, let's roll. Like, yep. That's what everyone's saying. Austin Ani go- goes in, and his first possession, he missed a throw down the hash, I want to say. He missed one deep throw. And then, I believe, hold on, let me get it right. Yeah, so they then he hits the deep ball on the right on the right side. I don't remember who it was to. It was to Jair. I'm pretty sure it was to Jair on the right side. Gets him down inside the ten, and then they had a penalty, and they couldn't run the ball. Then he gets stripped. And yeah, then he gets like stripped or fumbles it or whatever on on the drop back throw. They end up having to settle for a field goal. So it's like, all right, not as great, mm-hmm. not as great. We're like yeah, he made the great throw, but then I think was that the possession where he missed the guy over the middle. That was the, that was later. Well, that was later. Okay, that was yeah. later. And then he, they break it open, and yeah, he hits a deep ball to I don't remember I don't remember who, but he hits a deep ball for a touchdown, and then he hits Jalen Darn on on the touchdown, the short throw. So he made some throws, but he had his fair share of misses. Now the reason why this is concerning to me is because we both said everybody in the world said, Ani has the the edge when it comes to passing, pure mm-hmm. passing. Mm-hmm. It didn't appear that way. Mm-hmm. Both of them missed throws. Both of them made throws, but both of them were inconsistent. Yep. And so at that point, I'm like, okay, Ani, like this is tough. Like, yeah, I obviously Bean got the start, and so Bean is obviously in some form or fashion in the driver's seat. Yeah. And for you to come in and have a good performance, but not you know nothing great. And also, I'm pretty sure I counted one of those touchdowns incorrectly. Yeah, he only had one touchdown. 
What am I counting down the one? Yeah, yeah, no, he had the field goal possession. Then he had the Jalen Darden touchdown, and that was it for him as far as touchdowns go. And so then, um, Jason Bean comes back, mm-hmm. and Jason Bean has I think this was the last possession of the, his last possession of the game where he has the quarterback option, gives it off to Torrey, ten yard run. Next time he keeps it, twenty nine yard scramble sprints to the end zone, and you're like. Oh my and, gosh. and he had the the right sideline catch to Greg White as well. Yes, and he had that throw as well. Like it was just like everything he did was like spectacular. And even though, and then I felt like people were forgetting that those missed throws and interception even happened mm-hmm. because I feel like we were expecting him not to be able to throw the ball. So it was kind of just like, wow, like he can make these throws. Like we we didn't know he could make these throws, even though we assumed like, okay, yeah, I'm sure he can make open throws. But yeah, it was easy for him. Yeah. And then the run, after seeing Austin Ani trying to run the way he did, and he can move a little bit more. I'm not saying he's definitely faster than Mason. Yeah. But he came out on the field and he just started running. Austin did. Lots. And we were like, wait, what is happening? Yeah. Like, uh, like I think at first, the first like four possessions was like him just scrambling. Now that goes back to what I was saying is that we were wrong in that we expected Ani to be kind of the guy who could come in and be that steady hand mm-hmm. from what I saw and how I interpreted the scrambles and the runs. I didn't see a comfortable quarterback there. Now, again, this goes back to my point of saying that there's a lot of pressure. If you're Austin Ani coming in, you're just trying to make things happen in any right. Way, He's trying to make form. a play. Yeah. You're just, you want to make a play because you just saw Jason Bean do some spectacular um, stuff and now it's your time to shine and now you're running around they they drew up a a quarterback read a quarterback I'm sorry a quarterback draw as his first play like he dropped back and then just took off for five six yards and we're like wait what is happening and then he scrambles and runs and we're like what is happening and so I don't think that helped him settle down right a lot uh, he missed a couple throws high which was also alarming to me which goes back to my point of the inconsistencies but it's hard to be Austin Arnie and be the guy who comes in second in a job where he feels like he's, you know, one A one B with a guy. Right. Like it has to be hard to right. come in in that situation. So that's why, for those reasons, it's kind of unfair, in my opinion, to eliminate Arnie from the quarterback battle. I agree. I think that it, and this is, comes from a guy who expected Bean to start and expected Bean to play and play pretty well. Both of them had their ups and downs. I think that if you look at this rationally, yes, Jason Bean obviously has the legs in order to add another element to this defense. And that's why I always had him in the lead. I said defense. Did I say defense? Offense. Whatever. Um, But I can't dismiss that Ani is more than capable and is that from an arm talent perspective, he's at least on the level of Jason Bean. Yeah. And he still might be better than Jason Bean as far as a pure quarterback goes. We just didn't see it last night. We just didn't see it. Now what? Now I, I've talked, Colin. What? You go ahead and tell me what you were thinking. Two if things. you disagree, do you disagree? I have. With me? I, go ahead. Obviously, I'm the Austin Ani apologist here. Great Ani Ani boss tweet last night, Colin. Thank you, thank you. Um, when he came on the field, I was very excited, and like you said, couldn't believe that they drew up a quarterback draw right away. It was kind of insane to me. Um. But I don't know. This could just be because I, again, 
am biased toward Ani because I, I want him to, to do really well. But I feel like they were able to do different things with Ani. I guess I want to say riskier stuff, whereas with Bean, it was predictable stuff, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the like they had an RPO. Yeah. And Ani hit it. Yeah. They had another one that was almost picked uh, from the yes. left corner. But there's stuff like that where I don't think Bean... They didn't. They didn't do that with Bean. Yeah, and it was more like, okay, I mean, we're gonna do a slant or we're gonna do a post route. Whereas with Austin, I think it was more him. Tr- like he took more risk. He threw to receivers that weren't necessarily completely open. Whereas Bean had an open Greg White, had a wide open Jalen Darden, had a wide open you know Jair. The one ball that I was also concerned about was Jair. Uh, the first throw he completed was Jair. You know, had to jump for it. that. Would have been a pick. You know, there there was just different things like that. Um, however, I was also concerned with Ani's accuracy, especially on the throw to, I think, Austin Agumikin, mm-hmm. where I didn't think he I caught it. I right, yes. Yeah, he threw it in the air super high, and the corner just nailed him in the back, and he somehow still caught it. So there, there are ob- obviously still some concerns, but I think Ani still adds a different dynamic to the pass game, although he didn't perform as well, if, if that makes sense. I think that I, I understand everything you're saying, and I agree with everything you're saying. This goes into, I guess, my a secondary point, which I think is a huge point in that I want to come in here and over, overreact. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really do. I joked about it. I think we both do. <laughs> I joked about it multiple times. I said, oh, man, I can't wait to come in there and be like, all right, we'll give Bean the Heisman and never play Ani ever again. Yeah. And I think that would be the case if they played an FBS team mm-hmm. or an FBS defense. Oh, yeah. I came into the game saying Houston Baptist defense was awful. I predicted 48 points. They scored 57. I expected this 50-point game. I didn't expect Houston Baptist to leave the receivers, their corners on islands, and just say, all right, well, good luck. Hope hope y'all can stay in front of them. Because, like you said, the receivers were open. Yeah, I mean, These wide were open. not tough throws. Mm-hmm. These were go routes i tweeted the best play is four verticals just run that every time just go just sprint straight like go go down to that tab in madden where it says hail mary and just press four (laughs) verticals exactly go and that's all it was it was greg white sprinting down the sideline jalen darden sprinting straight gyre shorter sprinting straight they had six attempts to gyre shorter in the first two drives Mm -hmm. and that's jason bean that's Jason Bean just throwing it up. So I can't take anything away from Jason Bean, you know, putting up these numbers because at the end of the day, like you said, I don't think I don't think half of the things we saw last night from Jason Bean and even Austin Ani to an extent, but especially Jason Bean, I don't think half the things we saw are things that they're even going to be thinking about doing against SMU. Exactly, or exactly. It is going to be completely different when your guys – can't just run by corners. Can't just, and then whenever they back up, just run a freaking slant route that goes for twenty yards. Like it was so easy that that's why I can't come in here and be like, oh well, it's over now. Mm-hmm. Like let's never do that again. And I don't know how as a coach you evaluate that game. Like that's tough. Yeah, no, definitely that's why is. I'm saying like this quarterback competition is far from over. Yep, I agree. I I, I am so. It feels like I've seen so much from these two now, but it feels like I've seen nothing at the same time. Yep. Like, they, we left that game last night, and it's like, all right, well, 
yeah, we know they can throw jump balls to Jair Shorter, and I guess that's a good offense because Jair Shorter is a freaking monster. But at the end of the day, like, how many tough throws did we see them make? How many tough throws did we see them attempt? Exactly. It's definitely under seven, six. Yeah. Like, it was probably one through five, somewhere around there. Like, as far as tough throws go, there was no you know crossing or not crossing like slants over the middle post over the middle where like they had to fit between a corner and a safety on a bracket coverage or something like that under not even to mention they didn't even get touched yeah they didn't even get touched there was no pressure there was it was a day in the park and that's why we said coming into the game this is a tryout this is a scrimmage this is a free practice Mm -hmm. because the houston baptist defense was freaking awful god awful and I, and I think it's also important to mention that during Ani's, I guess, tryout portion, yes. you had Oscar Attaway run for two touchdowns and Isaiah Johnson yeah, run for a touchdown. touchdown, whereas he would have had extra reps in there if they didn't run for 47, 37, and 29-yard yeah, touchdowns. The touchdowns. Yeah, so th- there's, there's, there's so much. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to who can throw receivers open instead of who can hit the open receiver. And we did not see any of that. Well, I didn't learn anything from that game outside of what they were drawing up for each quarterback. I, yeah, no, I mean, you, you said it. And so that's why we come away with the game and it's like, we don't know exactly what we saw. Shoot. I mean, Bailey Zappi for Houston Baptist was a monster. Yeah. Like I, I joke that guy might be a, that guy's probably a top five quarterback in conference USA. Shut up. He might be better than Asher O'Hara. <laughs> Hey man, Bailey Zappi puts up a point on Army. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> puts up a point. That's all I'm saying. It's hilarious. That dude was good. Yeah, he and was. And so, good. anyways, so it was good to see that quarterback. And we'll get into the defense later. But as far as the quarterbacks go, I mean, does anybody know? You can't tell me. Nobody on Twitter or any social media platform can tell me. Oh man, it's Jason Bean's job to lose because there's a there's two weeks before SMU. And B, this gets to my next point. What happens if Jason Bean starts SMU and goes punt, punt, interception? Right. And then this comes back to the who's going to take risks and who's going to be a predictable player. And then it comes back to do we get that type? Because Austin Ani played with the second teamers. Like you said, he came in with the second teamers as mm-hmm. far as skill position guys. Right. He had, he had, it was a good Yeah, exactly. Greg White, um, Roderick Burns, Attaway, uh, Jake Roberts. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the second team skill position guys. Not to mention he had – he th- one of the post routes they ran was with Torrey, and Torrey yeah. dropped it. Yeah, he threw a beautiful ball to Torrey, and Torrey drops it. Obviously, we don't expect Torrey to make the catch. But right, but still, I'm saying, like, like exactly. there's so much more into Jason Bean and Austin Ani. There was – I mean, there's so much more in the field that, that decided what happened last yes. night. Yes, yeah. It was – it wasn't it – wasn't, black and white exactly it was very far from black and white there's so much gray area and, that and, we have to take and this into goes account. to like you said if jason bean goes out there against smu and you know punt punt whatever goes empty possessions yeah. at that point do you run with ani the whole time the rest of the game and that's what it's seth luttrell's job to figure out i know i'm glad i'm gonna try to decide i i'm glad i'm undecided and that's the thing that's why he can't make a decision anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Seth. I'm sorry for yelling at you last podcast. I'm sorry for getting all riled up that we need a decision because the only way, and again, I still think, I, I still am of the belief that if one quarterback 
is better. You give them the first team snaps, and so you try your hardest. But I had two caveats. I had a caveat if he already knew in his head who he wanted to play for SMU in the future, and he was just you know holding his cards tight to his chest and just wanted to play both of them and stuff. And if maybe he really believes Bean is going to be the starter for the entire season, I don't know. But the other the other thing that I said and that I thought was that if both quarterbacks play well or if both quarterbacks play poorly, mm-hmm. then you're in an even tougher position. Yep. Because then there's no separation. Yep. And I was expecting either a decision to be made, and maybe there was a decision made. Again, I don't know. Maybe Jason Bean did enough in Latrell's eyes to play and start against SMU already. But for both of them to come out and to look so different yet so similar was something that I wasn't expecting. I expected, here's what I expected. I expected Bean to go out there and do what Ani did in the first three, four snaps. I expected the quarterback draws for Bean. I expected Bean to be the one, you know, um, making and missing some throws, but then, you know, ultimately maybe having one touchdown um, the, and maybe an interception and stuff. And then Ani comes in and he doesn't move as much. He hits a couple throws. He's still not perfect, but he makes some throws. I wanted to see a difference in quarterback in their specialties. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see a difference in their specialties. Right. It, it, we saw a difference. And like you said, we saw a difference in what was around them. Mm-hmm. And that made it hard to evaluate just how good the quarterbacks were in their in what Latrell needs from them. So now I'm here apologizing to Seth Latrell saying, <laughs> you know what, man? I don't envy you. I don't know what the hell I would do in this situation. Or is there, because they're going to obviously still decide this this quarterback battle, is there concern, though, that both either of these guys are going to be above average or average going into conference play? Is there a concern that they're going to be below average, you mean? Uh, that's what I meant, yeah. Um, like, is there a concern that they're going to be able to play at a high level? Yes. Because like, there is, okay. Yes. For me. For me, throwing for 217 yards and 111 yards against Houston Baptist showed me nothing. And that goes back to what I'm saying is that I learned very little. I agree. It's like I took in a lot of information, but what did I learn? Mm -hmm. I didn't learn anything. Yeah. Like, like I'm trying to think, what was the biggest takeaway from these quarterbacks that that we knew? I learned that Austin Ani could run faster than I thought. I learned that... uh, Jason Bean could stay in the pocket. Jason Bean, yeah. Jason Bean didn't... It tries not to move. And when he can't move, he can kind of make some throws. But, I mean, we already kind of knew that. I mean, we knew they could both hit open receivers. We never really questioned that. We knew they were going to be inconsistent. What did we learn? Yeah. And what I think is more interesting, too, is I don't think the quarterbacks learned anything themselves. Like, I I don't... I mean, I I don't think Jason Bean, after he threw those three touchdowns in one pick, was like... Oh, Ani's not going to take this from me, or even's like, oh, this is how it's, or this it's gonna it's gonna be this easy the entire season. Right. I think I think they both came out of that and were like, what the hell? Like I thought we were gonna know. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, and not not saying like what the hell to Seth, but like for themselves, like I didn't learn anything on how defenses are going to be. Our in, practices in are tougher play. than this. Exactly. Exactly. And I think honestly, you could even say that we learned more from the scrimmage than playing against a Division One defense. Yeah. Than than this. Yeah, and that in the scrimmage, let's say they were fifty snaps, they threw three picks. Yeah, 
So that that should tell you that it's it's not last how easy last night was for exactly. them. Exactly. And and they know that as much as as much as we know that. Yeah, and that's there is a concern. Question though, do they do the same du- dual quarterback thing the whole time against SMU, or do you think it'll be a if someone drops the ball, we're running with the other one the whole time? And I kind of asked this earlier, but no, um, you're right. Um, a piece of me still stands by what I said last said last week, and that man, you're going against SMU. You need one guy to be ready at least. And if Jason Bean gives you the best chance, I part of me still believes you just have to give him the best chance to win. You have to give him the first team reps. You have to prepare him in a way that, you know what, we're going to ride with you through the first half, do or die. If you throw three picks, we're rolling with you first half. I'm not. We can't guarantee second half because who knows, maybe we're down 20, maybe we're up 20, I don't know. But that first half, I think you prepare a guy to play. Sure, sure, prepare. But After. I mean, do you think that, like you said, if he throws three picks in the first half, and this gets to my second point is that this is why I'm torn is that if Jason Bean or whoever goes out there and doesn't play well particularly and you're still close like let's say they don't let's say you don't play well and you're down 14-7 halfway through the second quarter like there's Jason Bean throw two picks he hasn't done anything they they broke a long run or they're pick six or something like that yeah it, it's not the quarterbacks doing well it's a seven point game but their defense is playing well it's 14-7 to you're right there as a coach do you put in be like all right maybe we can just get this maybe we can get a a quick burst uh of ani and maybe he just sees something that bean doesn't and it just changes the complexion of the game that's what you have to think about as a coach because now then you're like that's the toughest decision for me because i I don't know i think that's an easier decision than it would be if it was them then being sitting there i'm not saying they're fragile i'm not treating them like they're they're fragile i'm just saying there is there's from any aspect when I played basketball and you get taken out of the game for any reason you're just like damn man that sucks I wish I was in the game that's the mentality as a well, player yeah sure play. but if he threw two so, picks and wasn't playing well like he like they're not going to this game thinking like oh I have the job or like if I play I'm going to be playing the whole game they both know that if they mess up it's their job to lose both of them you know what I mean it's it's not like they know that no one's ahead and they also know that no one's behind so if they throw a pick then you know you're now below Austin or if See, Austin but they don't up, want to think it like that. The they coaches don't, don't want them to think like that. And you they, can't, but they like don't want to think like that, but the, the coaches are thinking like that or should be yeah, in my to, opinion. To an, to an extent, to an extent. Yes. But I don't want to spend too much longer on the quarterbacks because we have so much to talk about, but that's going to be the interesting thing moving forward is, is how they handle it. If and when one doesn't play well, do you have any type of prediction on who you think no. will win the battle? No, same. I think I think I I have the edge for Bean personally right now. now I think again, I, th- I think that's just a default. Only because no, I think more than anything it's just because I that run last night caught me off guard of how fast he was. I knew he was fast, but in open field, his burst yeah is greater than what I thought it was. So I think that that's why I give him the edge right now because like again, like we said, we don't know if these guys can throw. Yeah, I'm just getting. I'm I'm personally just giving the edge because he started. He's gonna start against SMU. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Colin. Um, one quick takeaway I had was this: North Texas kept being in third and longs, mm-hmm. and it kept bothering the hell out of me. Like they kept getting in third and eights, third and nine, third and tens, and they had a couple touchdowns out of those third downs. With I think Beans uh, one to Darden was a third down. I'm I'm not uh, exactly sure, but there were a couple touchdowns out of those third downs. But I was like, they ended up the game eleven of seventeen on third downs. They had seventeen third downs, and I'm pretty sure most of those were not in garbage time. 
Yeah. Like they were sincerely not struggling on first and second down, but they were like not moving the ball very well. And that goes back to, I, th- I guess we can get into the second part of this. The run game was abysmal. It was bad. Until Oscar Attaway came in and broke it open, but that I don't even count that. I mean, you look at, you look at, here, let me pull up stats real quick. All right, Trey Siggers, 14 carries for 41 yards. Now, sure, we have an excuse that he may, he was hurt for a while. He can come back. But I saw in the scrimmage he looked fine, and it's been two weeks since the scrimmage. So I'm he's fine. Um, then you have DeAndre Torrey, 85 yards on 11 carries. DeAndre Torrey was, was solid. He was solid. But again, that's what we expect from DeAndre Torrey. We expect him to be solid. Right. We expect him to get his yards when he gets the ball. Trey Siggers is the home run hitter. Yeah, that's he, the he's difference. supposed to break. He's supposed yeah. to do what Oscar Attaway did last year. Exactly, that's the difference. Um, and then, like I said, you had Ad, you had Oscar Attaway who broke those big runs. Now I can't. The run blocking wasn't great. Obviously, I'm not shocking anybody here, but it did feel like, to an extent, Houston Baptist did enter the game trying to stop the run. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone, especially seeing what the receivers were able to do on the outside. Houston Baptist did try to stop the run initially. And as the game wore on, um, I think they were still set on stopping the run, which opened the game up for the quarterbacks to have those big games. However, we've seen in the past North Texas struggle to run the ball when teams load the box. And I think that's going to be a trend this year is that there's going to be seven seven, seven people in the box. Mm-hmm. On, on any given down. Like Houston Baptist had their 4-2-5 defense. They had their safeties coming down um, and to make it even heavier. And there was just no room for Trey Siggers to run anywhere. And that comes back to blocking, but that comes back to Houston Baptist as well. Colin, how concerned were you about the run game? I think I was more concerned. We know what the offensive line is, right? Like it's going to not I thought block we not, well. I thought we don't know. We always in the back of our mind knew what the <laughs> offensive line was. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's like it's say, either but... going to be what it was last year. It's going to be a little bit better. Like we we knew that it wasn't going to be some world beater of an offensive yes. line. What we didn't know was that Trey Siggers wasn't going to be able to deal with that. And I think it's concerning last night that against an FCS school that he wasn't able to get ten yard carries, you know, fifteen mm-hmm. yard yes. carries because, like you said, every time it felt like they were on a third down on every possession, and you had to have Bean or Ani somehow, you know, Bell, bail yeah. him out. And I expected the exact opposite. I thought it was going to be Trey having to bail them out on a third and whatever. So for me to see Trey Siggers get one yard, two yard gains was really concerning because he didn't have that explosiveness that we saw last year. And I didn't see the scrimmage. So obviously, yeah, you know, you saw it different. And and like you said, Tory's solid. But when Oscar Attaway and Isaiah Johnson came in, obviously against second teamers, yes. they were able to do something different. And I don't know if that's... Because Houston Baptist is something different. You saw more than I did in the box, but I mean, here's um. So a, I have two things. A, obviously not having Mason Fine allows defenses to focus on Trey Siggers. Trey Siggers is the engine. I've called him the engine of the offense. Sure. So he is now the focal point for defenses entering games. Whereas last year it was Mason Fine. So as much as you wanted to load the box against North Texas, and teams did. Last year, they did they did fill the box a, a little bit uh, more than in years past last year because, you know, they had young receivers that couldn't get as much separation, et cetera, et cetera. For me, 
you know, it, it is going to come back to Trey Sayers making something out of nothing, which is what we hoped for. However, one play that stood out to me more than anything was when they were inside of the, oh, where were they? It was a, man, they were inside the 10, I believe. I believe it was the first quarter. And they gave the ball to Trey on a third and one or something something along those lines. It was a short run. And he got stuffed. It might, it might have been earlier than third down. Whatever, you get my point. It was a short run and they got, he got stuffed. And you look at it, the offensive line just got killed. Mm-hmm. And those are the plays where you don't have the excuse for a stacked box because obviously like it's a shortened field. So right, they know every, you're going to run it. Yeah, everyone's there. So this is where you just get trenches on trenches. You're five against their four, and then you have obviously your ancillary pieces around there. You know the the halfback and the and the tight ends and stuff, but they lost that. And there were a lot of runs last last night where I felt like they lost it up front. Like it wasn't even the other guys coming. It wasn't the linebackers coming in. It wasn't the safeties coming down that that stopped the run. I felt like there was just no initial hole. Mm-hmm. Like they're supposed to be. They were p- trying to pull guys. They were trying to create some some stuff to to maybe pop him, but there was no there's no gap mm-hmm. that opened up initially, then closed. It felt like there was just nothing there the entire time. That and Trey was just like, well, I guess I'm gonna try to you know spin out of this and maybe get something here, and there's nothing. And you know, as much as great as we want running backs to be, there has to be something, right? And there was nothing. And again, this comes back to Houston Baptist playing the run. Yes, of course, not doubting that. But this is Houston Baptist we're talking about here. SMU and Houston are going to be locked in on the run in a similar fashion. They're going to make Austin Ani and Jason Bean beat them over the top, I would assume. This is just, again, assumptions. But if you can't run the ball against with Trey Siggers against Houston Baptist, I am very concerned. Yep. I am extremely concerned because if you get in those third and long situations against decent defenses and you have, that's where you have to start making those tough throws. You have to make those throws on time, on target, in a window that is tight and maybe against, against players in the secondary that are better than the ones at North Texas to where you're not ready for that speed. Mm-hmm. You're not ready for those guys to make plays on the balls that they're making and so that's where it gets tough and that's where i'm really concerned because you cannot get in third and longs against good teams so um and that starts with the run game you have to be able to 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 shorten the field to say to say the least um i i don't have too much to take away for offensive line um colin kennedy shout out colin kennedy is doing an offensive line story uh today or tomorrow on, on the offensive and defensive lines. He's looking at the trenches. He's going to uh, break all that down for a VIP story. So I don't want to get too much into that. He's going to do a great job with that. I'm excited for that. Um, one thing with the run game, Colin, mm-hmm. is we have a nickname dilemma. Yeah. Let's, yes. light, let's lighten it up here for a second. Mm-hmm. Now, I tweeted out Freight Train Oscar Attaway. Can't believe you said that. And I I didn't think anything of it. Colin, Colin Mitchell here comes up to the press box after the game and says, I can't believe you. <laughs> I, I, I am I am I am ast- astonished. I didn't say this that you used Freight Train when you know we nicknamed Trey Siggers Freight Train Trey. I did say that though. Yeah. And then he started crying and I said, Colin, it's gonna be okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> like Colin, just re- relax. 
And so eventually he picked himself up. And I was like, all right, well, we just need to come up with a nickname for Oscar Attaway now. And we still haven't come up with one uh, for certain. I have one, but I don't know if it's going to stick. Maybe. Who knows? Um, mine was the was a Big O. thought that was ours, but I guess that's fine. Can, okay. I said it. You said it, but like I agreed. Okay, sure. The Big O was ours. Yeah, I can't think of another one. So, <laughs> um, That's the one right now. If y'all have any nickname um, submissions... Feel free to send them in to us. Just just throw it under the the forty seven yard gif. Exactly. Just yes. the nicknames or quote it. Yeah. Something. Or quote it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that was a. I had to get that out there. I'm glad you're not crying anymore, Colin. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I wiped the tears up. <laughs> okay. Um, the trail calling plays for the first time, Colin. I asked you if you saw anything different. You said yes. So I, I wrote it, it down. All right. Tell me what you saw. This man did did different stuff. It wasn't if something didn't work. He didn't call the same play two times in a row, and I can't believe that I saw it. It was it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen a North Texas play caller do. I couldn't believe it. There was if something didn't work, let's do something different. Do you have an example uh, that comes to to comes to yes. mind? Yes. Okay. Jason Bean. It was it was his first drive. Okay. First drive. They tried doing those two slants. Yes. So the first one, uh, it was either incomplete or he didn't throw it. I, I don't remember. I think there was one incompletion. And then, and then he, got, he had the one to Jair that shouldn't have been thrown. Yeah. And then after that, he's like, you know what? Let's do something different. So then they, they start taking a shot downfield. And I was like, oh, my gosh. They did what they should have did with Mason the whole year. And, and leaving the ACU game last year, we were concerned with the deep ball still. And we were like, why isn't, why aren't they taking shots with Mason? And I saw more shots, like you said, they threw it six times with Jair. Yeah. Like, where was this last year? And I think, even though it's it's against a Houston Baptist, it gives me hope that it's not going to be the same. Oh, well, let's just do these screen passes. Like I didn't, I can't even were think there a of. Screen? I, was yeah, I was gonna screen? say I can't even think of the, any screen passes that they did. You know I what I mean? There was, I think there was one or two, but yes. Right, but it wasn't like every single play. Yeah. And and that was super super it just made me feel great and another another thing was on third and whatever when he ran it worked except for the one time against with trey like you said he got stuffed in the box and other times they you know they passed the ball instead of always you know running it on third two third and three third and one whatever and again shout out seth you know um well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're happy. I. I was. I was content as well with everything. Content. Did I sound content? No, you sounded excited. I'm sorry. I'm gonna lower it down a notch here. Okay. I don't know why you're lowering um, it down a notch. <laughs> we haven't seen this in years. Um. I do agree that I think Latrell wants to be more multi-dimensional, and what I mean by that is that you were right in that last year. It was felt a lot more dink and dunk stuff. Was the. It was the default in a sense yeah so it felt like all right well you know we're not gonna put our defense in a bad position here or something like that we don't want to get behind the chains or whatever i do think a lot of it hinges on the fact that houston baptist didn't get any pressure as much much pressure on the quarterbacks i think if once we see pressure start coming to the quarterbacks then i really wonder how that changes his play calling because then how many of those intermediate throws are A, open, B, easy, and C, have time to develop? Like, there's I, a lot that goes into whenever it's a route that's right. over 10 yards. Like there, A lot has to go right. I'm going to counter that with 
you don't have a Mason Fine that can't really move and like get out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. You have a Jason Bean who's extraordinarily fast and Austin Ani who had wheels that we didn't know he had. So I, I would say that they're able to force us to play to develop more than Mason could. If they, even though they can't make the throws that Mason could, yeah, and I think that that's going to help, even if it's a scramble. Like Jason Bean, you're not going to see him sit in the pocket as long as yesterday. And he can outrun guys too, right? He, he's he's going to be able to beat a linebacker that's chasing him down. No, I I agree. I agree with, I agree with most of what of of what you said. In that, I saw he didn't try those screens. He tried different things. I think the the run game. He still had those pulling plays where he tried to get um get through the the gap the gap next to the tackle but we saw a little different personnel packages jake roberts got snaps um pertle got snaps um they played they rotated guys a lot on the outside say another thing is that they tried things with different guys whereas in years past also they just kind of ran with the same dudes yeah um this let's talk about another point here jason pertle first team all conference only one reception colin can't believe you brought this up even though i told you not to is this is this a hard subject? Nobody except Conference USA expected him to be first team all conference. Conference USA doesn't even know their own teams. <laughs> Look, man, first team all conference, Jason Pirtle. That's how I'm referring to him. Who's better, Jason Pirtle or oh my gosh, I forgot his name. Friend of the pod. Kelvin Smith. Kelvin Smith. Who's better? Kelvin Smith is way better. Exactly. Was Kelvin Smith ever first team all conference? No. Thank you. Leave all it at I'm that. saying, all I'm saying is first team all conference Jason Pirtle. Only had one reception, and it was an impressive reception. I'm, I'm give him credit here. Um, however, he's been like he's in the slot a lot more than I. Feel. He's almost like a slot receiver at this point, right? So I don't even consider him like really a tight end. I feel that, I feel like Jake Roberts is like the tight end, right? And Asher Alberti, yeah, and Asher Alberti are like the tight ends. Like mm-hmm. those are the guys now. Um, so there's no concern on that end to have first team all conference Jason Pirtle only have one reception. No, I, they didn't really draw anything up for him. Okay, okay. It's not you didn't see like tons of the RPO stuff that they ran last year where he got five touchdowns. For well, there were no, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there not in that sense. There were a lot of RPOs though. I felt like in terms of uh, especially with Jason, eh, both of them actually. There were a lot of our RPOs, especially early on, to kind of get the get the team moving. For for lack of a better word, sure. If y'all watch R- the game, you know what. But I'm R- talking RPOs about. aren't bad. No, I'm no, just saying like it wasn't. It wasn't like them forcing the tight ends like last year going into the season. We're gonna really utilize these tight ends, and then they didn't. Yeah. All right, let's get to the defense because there's still. I feel like there's so much to talk about for the defense, especially. Let's start with something that I personally don't have high on my list, but I think you and all North Texas fans have high on their list. Of concerns, mm-hmm. um, North Texas did not record a sack. Yes, they did. They recorded one sack, and the pressure throughout the game, especially the first half, was pretty abysmal. Yes. Now you're the one concerned about this. I am concerned. I I'll, I'm not too concerned, but but you I'm go ahead. You go because first. you need the defensive line to be good in order for the corners, the inexperienced corners, to be good. You need to be put pressure on the quarterback. Even though uh, Zappy, I hate that name. I'm sorry. It would have been way better if it was Zap. <laughs> um, Zappy. Uh, he threw it really quick, and I think that did obviously did not allow him to get sacked. I mean, they did tons of screens. You tweeted that they ran the, the – yeah, you said it earlier. They just ran four plays, and it was like a screen or like a dunk pass. They didn't really do a whole lot, and whenever they did throw it down the field, he was pressured. However, if you're doubling Dion, Dion Noville – 
who's an NFL caliber, he's going to be drafted. And Devontae McCray can't get any type of pressure on any pass. Like, there's an issue there, I think. I disagree with everybody. Everybody who's concerned. <laughs> Bruni just, like, started looking around the room. For, like, I, like, he I, wanted to throw something. I can't believe you all. Why? All of you. Why? All of you. Why? A few reasons. First of all, we knew without Ladarius Hamilton, this was going to be a different yes. different defense line. Of course. All right? New defensive line coach. New scheme from defensive coordinator. Um, Dionneville obviously is a monster, but he's a defensive tackle. We don't expect sacks right, from Dionneville. All right? We know that. They're in a 3-3-5 still. I'm not expecting Devontae McCray to get sacks. I'm not expecting putting numbers up because Ladarius Ham- Hamilton put up seven sacks last year, and that's Ladarius Hamilton. I didn't want sacks. This I is want a pressure. This is this is a uh, they they moved they moved Bailey Zapp- Zappy around. They moved him around. They made him uh, make plays with his feet and on the move to where he had to have his eyes downfield and you know make a th- make those touch passes that he was really good at. He was on the move enough for me. I think. I'm not mad at the lack of pe- pressure and I'm not mad at a s- specific person at all. The only thing I'm concerned about is that whenever they did get pressure on him, Zappy was able to move and make plays consistently. Like they, he killed them outside the pocket scrambling. And this goes back to, I think discipline in the secondary, but also just kind of an uncertainty when you play good quarterbacks is like, how are they going to beat you? So when he started escaping the pocket, it's like, uh, 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 what, where are we going? What are we doing? What are we doing? And so then it's like, do we have to tackle him? Do we go stay in coverage? You just get indecision. And Zappy did a good job. Once, once he got out of the pressure or out of the pocket, making those plays, which I think is more concerning than the getting pressure on him. How, and this, and then I had another point I have, which you've touched on, is that they ran sh- short routes the entire game. They ran screen passes. They ran um, whether it was bubble screens or just um, flare screens for for the um, for the for the inside receivers. They ran short routes. They ran screen passes. They ran RPOs to where if there was an, a sign of pressure, Zappy could get out of it and just throw it on a slant to a guy. Whenever North Texas tried bring, bringing pressure. The receivers were in a tough position on the outside and couldn't. And uh, Houston Baptist appeared ready for it. Houston Baptist ran those slants. They ran man beaters that could um, put Quinn Whitlock and and other corners in tough positions. So for all those reasons, I'm not too worried about it. I don't. I didn't enter the season expecting a pass rush, and I still do not expect. I I don't I don't go into any game expecting more than two sacks I don't care about sacks I care about pressure and I think that they they play good quarterbacks they play uh, Zappi then they play Bouchelle and then they play um, Clayton Toon and then they play Jack Abraham like they play good quarterbacks and good quarterbacks are going to A feel the pressure either before the snap or after the snap they're going to get the ball out of their hands and when you play an offense like Houston Baptist you're not going to get pressure on that they're they're throwing short junk routes that are moving them down the field four out four yards at a time. Junk routes. I mean that's what it is. That's I, there was nothing from that game that I looked at and be like, ah man, that's that's alarming and that's gonna hint. Like yes, it'd be great. It would. Be, I can't lie. It'd be great if you had Ladarius Hamilton over there, you know, shedding 
shedding two blocks and getting to the quarterback and hitting them, but you don't. And Devontae McCray is a redshirt sophomore. I believe he's a redshirt. He might just be a true sophomore. I think he's a redshirt sophomore. There's no... I don't think there's a true reason for this defense to get pressure on on the quarterback, especially with, I think, Tyreek Davis and KD Davis as such good... They're so good in coverage. They're so good at so many different things. I'm not worried about their lack of pressure. I think Larry Nixon's going to have to get pressure on the quarterback, and I think he was probably one of the better ones at getting in the backfield yesterday, but I'm I'm not worried. I'm not worried, and I, I don't think anybody who watched the game and who like takes into account how tough it is for this defense to get pressure on people in this alignment and in this uh, scheme yet which we haven't seen enough of to you know make assumptions about but still i just think it's tough to assume that they're going to get pressure okay that's my rant that's it um rant noted i touched on it but we'll see what colin kennedy has to say yeah there you i have go. a feeling he might agree with me there you go I um i touched on it but the linebackers i felt played really well i love the linebackers that linebackers are great uh katie davis yesterday showed me that he can he can play in coverage Mm-hmm. Like he, I mean, he he was staying next to guys and was flying around. I mean, he he looks as fast as Tyreek Davis. He Ty- was he was yeah. great. Yeah, I was impressed with Tyreek Davis too. Uh, Tyreek Davis was flying around as well. Uh, Larry Nixon, I thought played a played a very good game as well. Mm-hmm. Get, getting in the backfield, he's that kind of aggressive linebacker that they need. And in his first start, he showed me pretty much everything I needed to see in this season. Yeah. Um. As far as secondary goes, this is where I feel like we need to have another discussion because they gave up a lot of long touchdowns. Not a lot. They gave what? Two? Two long touchdowns? Before the the second string came in? Well, they gave up one long touchdown. Then they gave up another long pass. You you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that it felt like more of the same, but in to me at least it was in a different way. I completely disagree. Okay. You said last night that they were bending a lot. They were bending. And they were bending a whole lot. They were However, bending. before, they broke a whole lot. And the fact that they're oh, just... Oh, so you're happy. I am... Oh, okay. Go ahead. I couldn't believe that this team didn't give up way more long touchdowns. I was astounded. And especially after that first drive where you had... They just marched on the field. I was like, here we go. And that's, by the way, disclaimer, that's where Bruni took my out-of-context text message and, and called me out. But, anyways, uh, <laughs> I I couldn't believe it. You had you had in, in the fact that they had so many guys play and mistakes not be made as many as much as I thought they were going to be made was amazing to me. You had Upton Stout, you know, not trying to jump jump routes too much. Deshaun Gaddy did what he needed to do. Quinn Willock was probably the the least spectacular spectacular corner, I guess is is if you want to say Cam Johnson. Look great, yeah. Mikhail Sanders. I was surprised he did as well in pass coverage as he was, and Keelan Crosby uh, should have had a pick. Yeah, like I mean, there was I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna contest you on that Quinn Whitlock point. I think Jordan Rucker struggled more than anyone else. I forgot about Jordan. I Rucker. think jo- I agree. I Jordan agree Rucker with that didn't better. come in. I agree with first, that better like, for the first. Like, I agree four. with that better because on two of the long passes. It was his job. Yeah. And the safety had to get And then he had that pass interference on the left side or on the far side from the press box uh, where he just like shoved the dude. Yeah. He got a pass interference call. I think that was the third or fourth quarter. 
But yeah, Rucker struggled, but he didn't start for some reason, and he didn't even play. Like yeah, Upton Stout got reps before him, and yeah. they were like playing a lot of guys like before him. And I was like, "Is Rucker okay?" And yeah. then he gets in the game, and he wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't special. Yeah. Sean Gaddy, I'm still rolling with at this moment. Oh yeah, I no, thought he sure. had that pick. I, thought I don't he, know if you remember. No, what I thought was. he did too. But that's what I'm saying is that in in years past, there was no time outside of the UTSA game where we're like, "Oh, he should have had a pick there." You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was always like, "Oh, they're either beat or they got to tackle a dude that shouldn't have been where they were." And yeah. the fact that they were able, even though it's against Houston Baptist, we saw the same thing against ACU where they were giving up long touchdowns or long whatever. Whereas this year or this game, it was just like they're bending. The when they didn't allow a touchdown in the in the red zone, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, bend but don't break. That's what I kept reading. And, and if they just keep bending, they're young, they'll improve. Yeah, I um. And now that I'm thinking about it, I was thinking about it while while I was talking, and there's just a lot going on in my head. But they didn't even score on that slant that went for like 50 yards or whatever it was. Remember the guy like pulled up, like I don't know if it was a hammy or something, and then I think who was it, Gaddy or no, it was, it wasn't Gaddy. I don't know who it was. Someone comes and punches the yeah, ball punches out. The ball. It was Gaddy. It was Gaddy, and then they and then they recovered it. That wasn't even the touchdown. The touchdown came after Bean's interception. Yep. On a short field. Yep. And and that is that is what is amazing to me that this team is somehow able to stop uh, even again even though it's Houston Baptist they stop a team and and we talked about yesterday in our pregame show of it depends on how they gave up the points outside of that first drive or those that I guess those first four plays where they just got into the red zone yeah i was impressed with what i saw if if you if you are judging a defense especially if you're high on the bend don't break theory of like all right well you know we'll give up yards but we don't give up touchdowns Houston Baptist missed three field goals and they failed on a fourth down conversion inside the 10 in the first all in the first not in the first in the first like qu- yeah, it two was and a half first quarters half, I think. well they missed two field goals in the first half and then they missed another one in the third so yeah first three quarters all that happened that is bending but not breaking you give up opportunity to score but you don't let them score touchdowns and so for that reason i was concerned with the defense initially and i'm still concerned to a degree, right? They're not going to be amazing, yeah, but I'm the still, fact that they're better than last year in my in my mind is, is just off after after this game. And I think they played a better offense this year than they did last year, definitely yes, as far as yes. FCS opponent goes. Um, there were still concerns for me about containing the speed of Houston Baptist. Like Houston Baptist got to the playmakers, like whether it was running back or, or receiver, and they Houston Baptist guys still looked faster than the defense. Yeah, Deshaun Gaddy got beat on a on a couple. Like I'm not even talking routes. I'm talking like when they got the ball and they were like making moves and stuff. I was like, damn, that guy's fast. Damn, that guy's fast. Yeah. And you know, I I don't want to be saying that against Houston Baptist because of course not. Houston and SMU are gonna have guys that are faster and that can make plays and break a tackle and go. So that was concerning for me is containing that speed. I think that's gonna be the thing for me to watch this year is, you know, North Texas is a fast defense as far as linebackers go, but we haven't seen the safeties or the corners or Cam Johnson at a nickel position. Like they're, they have a lot of responsibilities as far as containing the speed of the other team goes. And that's, that's where my concern was because I was looking at Houston Baptist, like they shouldn't be looking this fast. No, no, they shouldn't. But defenses of the past also would have, they would have looked fast and they would have gotten a touchdown. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, the difference so far this year. Um, but yeah, I think it all comes back as far as the defense goes is bending but not breaking. Whether that's sustainable or not, I don't know. 
But against Houston Baptist, especially especially a team that you know dinked and dunked you to death in a way that you know was kind of just converting on you know five yard five yard plays over and over and over. Um, I thought the run defense wasn't very good either. I thought they were able to break some runs uh, here and there. Uh, how many games? How many yards did they end up with here? Twelve for forty-eight, so four yards, and then there another running back at five for twenty-nine, so five and a half yards. Um, I I thought the run defense was was okay. I don't think it was great. Um, but whenever you play an offense like that, that kind of just has to march its way down the field in a sense. I'm okay with bending but not breaking. Yeah. Now SMU and Houston will have a kickers who can make field goals. Um, be a wide a wider variety of plays, and obviously more talented players. Yeah. So, um, but again, we're not predicting them to hold SMU or Houston to twenty five right. points, twenty four points. Right. We're not expecting that. We're, we know it's going to have to be a shootout in a lot of cases to win games. The quarterback's going to have to play well, and I think more than anything is that we saw that there was a noticeable change on the defensive side of the ball as far as. A, what they wanted to do, and B, just what worked with their personnel. And so. inter- another interesting thing, too, is if someone didn't make a play, they had another guy come in. Like, they were, Clint Bowen is not afraid to make changes. Yeah. During, they in, played in a the lot middle, of guys. In the middle of a game. When Upton Stout came in, I was like, okay. He came in early, too. And it was still like a two-possession game right. at that point. I was like, right. oh, okay. I mean, I think it was the second drive. It might, Yeah, it might have been earlier. Yeah. Like, second or third drive. Yeah, you're right. All right, I think that's all we had for the defense. All right, here's a new segment for us, Colin. Who was a random fun player you liked watching? We have to come up. We have to come up with a name for this segment. But random, random a, fun. Who was the most fun player? That's a random player that you enjoyed watching. I was trying to think of a name. You're trying sorry. to think of it. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell. think of one. Who um, was it for you? Random player that I liked watching. This is kind of tough because I feel like no player is random at this point. Do you point. want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I have a random player. Okay. Jake Roberts. <laughs> that is random. Boom. That's a random player right there. He blocks. He caught a pass. And I feel like he's going to be playing a good amount of snaps this year. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But a true freshman, roll out there. If he can block the way I think he can block, which was his strength in high school, hey, man. Put him out there. Have Pirtle as a receiving only tight end, and then have Jake Roberts or, or Asher Albing come in and be the blocking tight ends. Like have it as like a, and and obviously he can catch the ball. So I mean, there's my player I enjoyed watching, Jake Roberts. Random player. I'm trying to think of like an obscure name. No, I guess yeah, Isaiah yeah. Johnson. You can say Oscar Attaway, Colin. It's okay. Can I say Oscar Attaway? Yeah, you can say Oscar Attaway. Oscar Attaway. Then there you go. We we are all waiting for it, Colin. The Listen, big O, the the big that's got to be his name. Oscar Robertson's old enough. We got yeah. Oscar Robertson's old enough to where you know. Yeah, it's okay. Really, you can pass yeah, it on. Nobody's calling Oscar Robertson the big O anymore. Yeah, think think they go up to eighty year old Oscar Robertson. Big O, big. <laughs> LeBron is. Yeah, LeBron is definitely that type of guy. <laughs> but, but I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There was definitely more. Um, I liked watching Keelan Crosby. I like that. Uh, Mikhail Sanders. When he had a pass breakup, couldn't believe that. Uh, what was another thing? I'm trying to think of another player on offense. Greg White. That stop. That's not a, that's not a random. No. Greg White was good. Greg White had two catches. 
One was a touchdown. Yeah, off a play that should have been a pick. Both of them were goes. <laughs> both were goes, yeah. Uh, Agumakin. Austin Agumakin, yeah. Yeah, I like this catch too. Try to think. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Uh, let's give a shout out to the the kicker that Zach Williams. Zach Williams. Zach who, Williams. Ethan who, Mooney was who I was who who I was right was above him he, on the depth chart. Well, I guess if you consider an injury, right? But you you discredited my my concern. I said I said he's not above him on the depth chart. There's, not if he's healthy, sure. Yeah, but if he's above him on the depth chart, anyways. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. But anyways, yeah, shout out Zach Williams for making his uh field goal, field, except for. The extra point that he missed. Shame. Um, uh, shout out Blake Patterson, ex, ex uh, <laughs> Mean Green punter. Here's a story for y'all. I had a class, a uh, journalism class, actually, two years ago, and I had to write a story, uh, a feature, a long feature, like 1,000, 2,000-word feature on a player. Or not on a player, but on someone. And I was like, who can I talk to on the team? Like, I asked people, like, hey, who's the easiest person to talk to? Like, who will just, like, talk they said Blake Patterson so I talked to Blake Patterson for an hour I talked to Blake Patterson for an hour in person and we talked about everything his his life his childhood Mm. his North Texas career everything four weeks later gets kicked off the team now he's at Houston Baptist shout out Blake Patterson shout out Blake Patterson though what a a time that was Bernardo Bernardo Rodriguez you better learn the name, Colin. Bernardo Rodriguez. He has the rugby style style point off to the side. I like it. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that's all. We need, much, we need we need we need a name for this segment. But go ahead. How much stock do we put into the 700 and 721 yards? Zero. Okay, thank you for everything we just said. Houston yeah. Baptist was yeah. awful. Yep. They were just giving up big play after big play after big play. Think about how many big plays there were. Like how many plays over 30 yards there were. Like seven. I was gonna say eight. I add away twice. Beans run was twenty nine yards, which I guess you don't have to count. I thought it was thirty seven yards. It was twenty nine yards. I mean there's yeah, so thirty seven yards. Beans run? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm looking at it. Long, thirty seven yards. I thought it was I'm pretty sure it was the twenty nine. 37 yards. But that's his long. I wish it was a different... Was that, was that wrong? How are you going to have three rushes for 48 yards? But <laughs> 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 his long is 37 yards. I don't believe you. Well, it's there. Well, I don't believe you. Um, But anyways, yeah, I don't I don't put much stock into that at all. Um, Let me see. Make sure we didn't miss anything here. Let me roll through. How much stock do we put into no player wearing Mason Fine's number? I put a lot of stock into it. Let's retire. Let's retire right now. Next game. I'm down. In front of SMU. What if you ran out there? Mason runs out there. We're like, wish we were playing quarterback. Retire. Hang his yeah. hang his jersey. Secretly up. eligible. Um. I think that's all we had. I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure we. I mean, we covered everything. Is there anything we didn't cover, Colin? Damn, we're good. <laughs> Damn, we're good. Leave that 35th right, rating. Last whoever. thing. Last thing. Um, of all things we talked about, what is the biggest concern for you for SMU? The biggest. The Even one. Even though I said bend, don't break is a really great thing. You're going to be doing a lot of bending and probably a lot of breaking against how, SMU. How much solace does it give you that SMU barely beat Texas State? 
I don't know how good Texas State is. Not eh. like I thought about this last night. Like, who wins against Texas State? North Texas. North Texas would be favored. I'll say that. Texas State did play very, very uh, emotionally, and like they played hard. Yeah, uh, my concern again is the secondary. Robbie they, Robertson, Reggie Robertson, Reggie Robertson's gonna be a problem. Still, huge problem. Unless you got like, unless someone's able to lock him down, no chance. And SMU doesn't have the TCU game next week, so they have a bye, basically. I think it was supposed to be next week, but I think they have a bye next week. So um, that's uh, both teams coming off byes. SMU football. Let me make sure. Schedule. I think it was the next week's game that was canceled. Yeah. Yeah, SMU North Texas, that next game. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, For me, my biggest concern... I'm I'm concerned about the run game. I really am. Run game doesn't bother me. If I'm I can't really stop concerned. Well, okay, if they can stop them and they can't score, it's the same thing. Same predicament, Colin. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I if they can't run the ball and Jason Bean has third and eleven. Jason Bean's running the ball. <laughs> Dude, I'm throw scared. Jason Bean at running back, bro. I am scared if Jason if they if they are in third and longs against this team and they can't run the ball. That's going to be scary. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have y'all covered with preview information over the next couple weeks. We have a lot of stuff planned uh, recruiting-wise and otherwise. I'm going to try to be able to watch. You know what we could do? I want to see if this game is on ESPN to where we could rewatch it. We could rewatch it. for the SMU game? Uh, yeah, we could rewatch it on, on uh, stream, Periscope. That's a good idea. All right. We'll think about that. In the coming we only weeks. do that if we get our 35th rating, though. That's the prize. Okay, there you go. That's the prize. There you go. And with that note, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast and follow us on SoundCloud as well. Leave us five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast, please, or else Colin will start crying once again. again. Yep. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. It's really simple. You know, Just scroll down and press the five stars and press the review. It's awesome. Um, follow us on Twitter at CJH Mitchell and at Matthew Bruni underscore and at Mean Green 24-7. That's where we post everything, our stories, our our game um, game recaps, everything is on there. So follow us on there. Follow us on like give us a like on Facebook as well. We post updates on there as well and our stories, and you can share them with your whole family. I mean, if you just want to share the North Texas content with your aunt, I, I don't know. Facebook is the place to do it. Um Subscribe to Mean Green 24-7. We have VIP stuff coming out in in hordes. 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 That's the right word, right? I would heaps? say that heaps would be better okay, word. In heaps. We have it coming out just in abundance. That's the better term. Uh, so much VIP stuff coming out. And so subscribe. I believe it is still $1 for the first month if you subscribe monthly. And it's 30% off for an annual subscription at the moment as well. Uh, anything else I'm forgetting? No. Oh, Colin needs a charger. Here you are. Here's your charger. There you go. Oh, <laughs> all right. For Colin Mitchell and Maya Mitchell, y'all stay safe, wear masks, socially distance, and let's keep this football season going because this is a lot of fun. No COVID deniers allowed. Hey, let's let's get through this season, boys and girls. Um, <laughs> but we will talk to y'all later. Y'all have a good one. <laughs>